your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, welcome to this Friday evening episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. You can download the app and join me next week, I think Monday, Tuesday, to get in on the action. Locker Room changing the way we talk sports. And to everyone who joined my quick Locker Room last night, I think it was only for about 35 to 40 minutes, thank you so, so much for coming out. I really do appreciate it as the Penguins, of course, had that ginormous win against the Washington Capitals, 5-4, to four, a comeback win, um, not once but twice as they were down one nothing to open the game, and then 3-2. to two, um, Should have been a regulation win. We're going to dive into um, everything regarding that game in today's episode. But first, um, the Penguins overall did clinch another playoff berth, their 15th year in a row. The last time this team did not make the playoffs, um, I was only 8 years old, so that may basically had me in second grade. So from third grade onward to being... Not but well from third grade onward to now. So I've already graduated college, of course. That's absolutely crazy that they have made the playoffs every year since I was uh, in third grade of elementary school. Um, we are absolutely spoiled in this fan base. And here's another stat for you: uh, 26 of the last 30 years, the Pittsburgh Penguins have made the Stanley Cup playoffs. So this has been um, just two amazing runs. Uh, by this franchise, first started, of course, with Lemieux and Yager, and then now with Crosby and Malkin. But I will say, um, these last 15 years are the greatest 15 years in this franchise's history. I mean, don't get me wrong. Mario Lemieux and Yager Yager were awesome in their prime, and I always will say that um, Mario is the greatest hockey player to ever play the game. But I also will say, you know, 15 years in a row, I mean, not even Mario and Yager did that um, back when they were here in Pittsburgh. So um, cherish this. Um, just remember it. You know, this is going to be stuff you're going to tell your future wife, um, future husband, you know, your your kids, your your friends, et cetera, et cetera, your family. So um, it's truly awesome. You know, do not take this for granted. And the Penguins will have a chance to get their sixth Stanley Cup um, in the 2021 Stanley Cup playoffs. Of course, the, depo- the opponent is to be determined, but still an amazing accomplishment for the Penguins to uh, clinch their playoff spot last night. As for the game, um, it didn't start out the way you want it to for Pittsburgh. I didn't really think they had their legs in the first five, ten minutes, um, they were just not forechecking like we normally see them um, when they start out a game well. Um, and Washington was taking it to them. You know, Jari had to come up with a lot of uh, pretty big saves. I know the Capitals started out the scoring. Um, I think it was, what, 10, 11 minutes into um, the first period. And what do you know? It's the Penguins' PK giving up yet again another goal. It's been a problem all year. It's not going to stop now. Um, they need to somehow come up with a fix and come up with it fast or you know this it's it's going to be a major problem in the playoffs you know we are we've already seen the power play come around i know it's been a little off the last couple of games but i think with geno's impending return um it's obviously going to get a lot better but you know they're still top 10 in the league overall but the pk has just been bottom third in the league all year and nothing that they seem to try to fix it is working so um it's just a tire fire of a unit, and I think it's potentially it might cost the Penguins a couple of playoff games. You know, I know it sounds a bit harsh to say, but with how it's played this year, 
Um, they are just not doing anything right on it. And I know, I know they run that wedge plus one, as Jesse Marshall um, talked about it in his video on his YouTube channel. As you know, they always have a player up there causing a lot of chaos. But even last night, that player was not doing that. I mean, the Capitals basically had um, free room to roam. Um, you're not doing anything about TJ Oshie in front of the net. Really don't understand that. And then you're allowing Justin Schultz to just bomb it from the point with no one getting in the way of that shot. And remind you that the, the Capitals were without John Carlson on their top power play, who really brings it with his heavy shot. And they were also without, of course, Alex Ovechkin, who, um, with his, from his signature spot, has scored, I don't even know what, 200 goals from there, um, basically at this point. So, and they still were able to score a power play goal against the Penguins. I mean, it's a, like I said, it's kind of pathetic if you ask me, but they did um, get better as the game went on, I thought. Um, that third period PK, when the game was still tied at three, um, that, that swung the game, I thought, for Pittsburgh. And, you know, Kasperi Kapan was able to um, get that game winner. But um, before the end of the first, um, Pittsburgh started to play a bit better. Obviously, Kapanen got another goal. And, you know, I, I think my big thing with Kapanen, you know, especially when he first came here, I thought he was going to be good. I didn't like the asking price, um, but I didn't think he was going to be this good with what they gave up for him. So now I'm kind of at the point where I don't really give a shit that they gave up a top 15 pick for him because, um, especially if they win the Stanley Cup this year, it's like, you know, who gives a shit? And, and, and yeah, I also will say this, you know, I, I did dump a lot on Jim Rutherford this offseason. You know, a couple of his moves, though, were still kind of, you know, not so good. The Hornquist trade for Matheson, I still think, is is not very good. Um, but overall, that Kapanen trade is paying huge dividends right now. So um, I think Rutherford really hit the nail on the head there before he resigned. And then, of course, you know, Kapanen just was shot out of a cannon um, late in the third period with that um, outstanding goal to make it 4-3. He came in the offensive zone with such speed and just full-on wristed it past Vitek Vanacek, top cheese. Uh, that was, that almost reminded me of some of Phil Kessel's vintage goals um, the, the one that it really reminded me of from, from Phil Kessel, uh, 2016, Game 5 against the Rangers. The Penguins are up three games to one. Um, Kessel comes in with a burst of speed. The Penguins are on the power play. They're down 2-1 in that game. I think this was in the first period. and uh, Actually, no, this was in the second period, excuse me. And Kessel ties the game 2-2. And then from then on, um, the Penguins score four more goals, uh, goals excuse me, to eliminate the Rangers. Uh, but if it weren't for that one there, um, who knows what happens uh, for the rest of that game. But that's really what it reminded me of, just because both Kessel and Captain, um, with that play, came in with such speed. Um, and I know Kessel's goal went to, I think, blocker side, and this one went glove side for Captain, but um, both releases just looked so similar, and it was so awesome to see that. So, but, you know, that was, like I said, this was probably one of Captain's top three games of the year. It is His speed has been evident all year, and I can't wait to see what he does um, when Gino likely comes back on Saturday for this team, because, I mean, he's been playing well these last four to five games, even without him. I think that was, what, his third or fourth goal um, since his return. And, and like I said, I, I didn't think Kapanen was going to be this good um, after coming over from Toronto. But, you know, he's been everything the Penguins needed and a whole lot more. And I can't wait to see, like I said, him playing next to Evgeny Malkin when Gino comes back. And I'll be curious to see what other winger they put on that line. Do they potentially move Brandon Tanev up there when he comes back? I mean, I saw people today saying they could put Teddy Bluger there, which is, you know, I disagree with that. I think Teddy Bluger should be um, a center on this team. He's been a center for the last couple of years. It's his position. Um, could they put Jeff Carter on there? Probably not with how he's going right now with Jared McCann and Jason Zucker. I mean, Zucker especially, you know, I thought Zucker had a really nice game last night, even though um, 
he didn't score. But um, that, that left wing spot, I definitely think, is wide open with the Penguins um, with Gino and Kapanen. But, you know, awesome game from Kapanen. And if he continues to play like this, uh, this is it's going to be a huge problem for any team that faces Pittsburgh in the playoffs. Um, also nice to see Zach Aston Reese get back on the score sheet. I think this was his first goal in 13 games. Um, well worth uh, well worth it though. Excuse me. I mean, he had been really snake bitten. I thought for a while now. Um, he had been getting a lot of chances each of the last I think five to six games. Um, just the goalie was making saves. He was hitting the post, I think a couple times. So it was really nice to see him, especially with that nice move there. I think it was a turnover along the boards. You know, good old friend, Justin Schultz was able, was able to contribute to the cause there go back to his 2020 form a little bit. And, and Jason Zucker was actually the one that gave the puck to Aston Reese alone in the front of the net. And Aston Reese goes backhand five hole past Vanacek to tie the game, uh, late in the second period. And that was a goal the Penguins desperately needed. Um, they were down three, two at that point. They gave up a couple goals that they probably should not have given up. I mean, the second goal, I was quick to judge Tristan Jari for that, but on replay, um, I quickly was made to look like a dumbass because it hit the crossbar, then the post, and then off his back. So just a really unlucky goal, I thought, there. And that went, I think, from Dimitri Orlov. But, you know, going back to Aston Reese, um, just a huge moment there. I mean, that's, you know, the depth scoring that the Penguins were not getting last year. And there's a stat that I saw earlier today that I found um, was really interesting. Um, this came from Adam Gretz of Pro Hockey Talk and Pensburg. So he tweeted this at 4 a.m. Um, the Penguins with Crosby on the ice at 5v5 this season, they have a plus eight goal differential and 2.59 goals per 60. With Malkin on the ice, it's 2.75 goals per 60, even goal, goal differential. But if w neither of them are on the ice, the Penguins have a plus 14 goal differential and 2.69 goals per 60. That is an absolutely wild stat, and you know, as Adam tweets, it baffles me as well because who saw that going into the season when you look down the depth chart? You know, it was always the big question was, you know, the top two lines could definitely score, but who else is going to score um, the goals on this team? And you know, Freddie Goudreau, obviously, I'm gonna get to him in the next segment. You know, he's done a lot this year. Aston Reese, nine goals in 40 games. Teddy Bluger, um, I think, has nine to ten goals. Brandon Tanner, before going down, I think, has eight to nine goals. Um, Jeff Carter, I think, already has three to four since coming over. Kasperi Kapanen um, has what 10, 11 goals this season. I know he's missed a lot of time. I mean, you saw Radim Zohorna score a couple, score a couple goals um, after only playing in, what, four to five games. So it's just been awesome to see the Penguins' depth really shining this year, as that was, I think, the one big question mark going into the season with this team. But it is not that anymore, as, you know, they basically, as Adam Gretz says, 2.69 goals per 60 minutes and a plus 14 goal differential when one, uh, Cros both Crosby and Malkin are not on the ice this year. You know, I just, I find that absolutely nuts. But um, we still have a lot to get to coming up in the next segment, including um, the defense of breakdowns and why I didn't like um, a couple of the goals that were given up by this team. But before we do get to that, it's time to talk about uh, 1010. It's a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited editions, designs at fair price points, and this exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only at BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high-quality fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and fairly priced so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. If you're on the hunt for the perfect unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. 
All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So, other stuff to come out of this game. You know, awesome to see Freddie Goudreau get his, uh, in his first game back, gets uh, another goal. And if Evan Rodriguez is out longer term, and it definitely looked that way last night, though Mike Sullivan did say after practice on Friday that he is day-to-day, which is basically a miracle. I thought he would basically be week-to-week or potentially out for the whole Stanley Cup playoffs because... Um, he was not putting any weight on that right leg after leaving nice. Um, in case anyone did not see it or watch the game, uh, Rodriguez was hit by a friendly fire shot from Mike Matheson on the power play. It was just a huge blast from Matheson from the right side. Um, hit his uh, foot. It looked like it was basically a, a bone fracture in his fo- foot with the way he was just not putting any weight on it. But I'm glad that he is day-to-day right now, so we'll have to see if he can come back for the playoffs. But if he cannot... Um, Freddie Goudreau can definitely step in and play meaningful minutes for this team. I know a lot of people, including a couple of my best friends, are on the train of Radim Zahorna. I get it. He had a really uh, nice small sample size, but I think I would rather have Freddie Goudreau in. He's good defensively. Um, He's chipping on offensively, as you can see. And he also has some playoff experience, and he's good um, in the faceoff dot. That's one of the stats that I I know a lot of people tend to overrate faceoffs, but I I do not. I think faceoffs are one of the more crucial parts to this game. I know it's not a big stat to go off and there's a lot of other stats to look at when evaluating a team and evaluating them during a game, but faceoffs are very, very important. And you saw last night, two of the Capitals goals came directly off of faceoff plays. I mean, the Daniel Sprong one, I mean, Brian Dumoulin is doing everything he can there, but Daniel Sprong gets, still gets his stick on it. It was also just an awesome shot pass um, from, I think it was Justin Schultz from the point. And then the other one, you know, from Dmitry Orlov that made it two to two. Again, it was basically almost a set face-off play. Puck goes back to the point, fires a one-timer, goes off the post and the crossbar, off Jari's back and in. I mean, that one was more unlucky. But again, Pittsburgh, they need to win these face-offs so that these goals against do not happen. But, you know, going back to Freddie Goudreau, he's one of their better penalty killers. You can maybe put him on the second power play if there's a lot of injuries. He's good at 5v5. He's putting up some, like I said, some really good production this year. And he's good defensively in his own zone. And as a 12th floor, that's everything you want for that position. So if he does have to play some games in the playoffs, I mean, it can only help the Penguins. I'll say that. I can't believe this player was, you know, has been in the minors for the last few years. I mean, he has been showing to me at least that he should be a full-time NHL player for not just the Penguins, um, but I think for anyone. To, to be honest with you all. And, you know, going back to the Penguins' um, defensive play, a little bit like I said, you know, Brian Dumoulin did all he could on that Daniel Sprong win. And speaking of Daniel Sprong a little bit, um, I think he has, what, now 10 goals this season? I think that's now four goals in three games since Alex Ovechkin got hurt. Um, Daniel Sprong being a good player was definitely not something that I saw coming, especially after he was traded um, to the Ducks for Marcus Pedersen. But after looking at some of just his counting stats, I think he put up, like, 14 goals in that season with the Ducks before he was traded to Washington. So he's actually turned into um, a nice bottom six player for the NHL. I think a lot of Penguins fans had some unrealistic expectations with for him that he's going to be like, oh, this 25, 30 goal guy with Sidney Crosby or Vianney Malkin. Um, it obviously wasn't working here. Um, and it's nice to see that he ha- he's been having a fresh start with both franchises, especially with the Capitals. I mean, he was elevated to the top line playing, I think, with Nicholas Backstrom and TJ Oshin. He's been making the most of it. Um, but, you know, I'll definitely eat some crow on that. I did not see Sprong turning into um, a legitimate NHL player. I thought the Penguins um, wiped the Ducks in that trade by getting Pedersen, especially with how Pedersen was playing in his rookie season and for most of last season. But with how Pedersen has kind of um, regressed a bit this year and how Sprong has come up, I guess that trade has started to look um, more even 
I would say, for both teams. So um, again, that's great for Daniel Sprong. I'm glad that he's become a legitimate NHL player because I actually was excited for him when he was with Pittsburgh. It just was not working. And they still made the right move to trade him for Marcus Pedersen. I will die on that hill um, until the end of time. And then, you know, let's just get to that game time goal. So, you know, one minute left. You no, know, honestly, let's just talk about that whole last minute here. Um, one minute to go. Uh, Chris Letang fires it from, I think, around the blue line. Looks like it's going in. Hits the post. Goes across the goal line. It goes out. Honestly, as soon as that happened, I was muttering to myself, oh, shit. They are totally going to tie the game uh, because the Chris Letang just missed that. And then you get to Brian Russ. I guess stupidity is the right word for it. Um, he basically gets to the red line at center ice and then for some reason skates another five feet sees Gensel going down, and then passes it way too far from him, and the Capitals collect the puck in the defensive zone. Then, of course, they go on to score um, the game-tying goal, which I'll get to in just a second, but it's like, Brian, buddy, take the selfish play. The points are too important right now. If that is the difference between the Penguins getting first in the division or second in the division, you know, there's going to be a lot of angry fans out there um, at the end of the season. You know, I still think they're obviously going to get home ice with how they're playing right now. You know, they have two games left still against the Flyers who are out of it. They have two games left against the Sabres, but it's like, buddy, just be selfish, score the goal there. You don't need to force feed Jake Gensel um, for the sake of force feeding Jake Gensel. If you skate another uh, 5, 10, 15 feet, that's an easy empty net. There's not even a capital near his vicinity. I mean, if he just skates up to the blue line, that's a tap-in. So I really don't understand that. And, you know, let's get to that game-tying goal. I'm going to break it down here just for, you know, the next minute or two. Um, it, they, they were the Penguins were engaged in a puck battle along the board. So around what 20, 25 seconds left. Um, Chris Letang is nowhere to be found there. I really don't understand what he was doing, leaving Tom Wilson wide open in front of the net. I also think Gensel um, was on the ice there. He was a little bit of a weight away from Wilson as well. And it's just the Penguins' inability to defend these six-on-five situations or honestly any time down a man is really disturbing. I, I think I called their defensive effort there pathetic on my Twitter last night. And that's exactly what it was. I mean, you're leaving Tom Wilson, who, you know, even though is probably the dirtiest player in hockey, wide open in front of the net. That's just not a good idea as he's one of the best, like I said, he's one of the best net front presences in hockey. So it was just a really maddening decision. And it was weird to see Latang leave him there and try to go along the boards to collect the puck because that was a puck battle that was about to be lost. I mean, you, the Penguins, I think, had what? Like a 20% chance of winning that puck battle. It looked like they, there were more capitals over there than the Penguins. And Latang, for some reason, thought it would be a good idea to go over there and put some pressure. And then, like I said, just left Tom Wilson. Then he's able to score the game-tying goal with 14 seconds left. I mean, that he was playing a flawless game up until that point, too. I really was liking Chris Latang's game as he really wasn't making any mistakes and he was always making the right read. He just had a total brain fart there. And yes, I understand his critics are going to point to that play and be like, well, you know, that's why you can't trust Crystal Tang and, you know, late game situations. You know, that that's the one bad play you can't have with Crystal Tang. It's like, you know, he was flawless from 99% of the game. I'll give him a little bit of a pass because the Penguins won the game, obviously. But, you know, in the playoffs, if they end up losing a game like that over time, if they give up a tying goal like that and then lose the game, um, it, it's going to sting a lot more. So hopefully Latang learns from that. I think right after you kind of saw him shaking his head, I think he knew right away um, that he fucked up. 
So let that serve as a learning moment for him. And then just overall, with uh, the, not it's not just the Penguins with defending six on fives. This will be the last thing I get to before I go to the commercial rank and touch on the overtime goal. Um, teams are just way too passive at defending six on fives. It's like, literally, put some pressure on them. It's a six on five. You have five guys out there. I understand you're down a man, but I mean, you're better off defending a six on five than you are a five on four. So I really don't understand why the Penguins are so passive there. You know, in, in those in other situations, especially in the playoffs, as you know, we're getting close to that point I want the Penguins to put more pressure there so the Capitals are not just passing the puck around like it's almost like a five on three power play at the end of the game so that was another complaint that I had about that but you know it was still nice that they won the game but they need to be better at defending six on five situations especially you know against a team like Washington where you know they can strike whenever as you saw last night but that's basically my big breakdown of the tying goal and who's uh, fault I thought it was. Uh, coming up in the next segment for a little bit, we're going to touch on the overtime goal and a couple other things going into Saturday's game. But before we do get to that, it's time to talk about um, a couple of things. One of them being uh, Built Bar, 18 Amazing Flavors, 6 New Ones, Caramel Brownie, Cookies and Cream, Carrot Cake, Apple Almond Crisp, 12 Originals, Peanut Butter, Banana Bread, Mint Brownie, Salted Caramel, Double Chocolate, and Orange. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew. One of my favorite flavors is still the Peanut Butter one, 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs. You can go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And last but not least, we cannot forget about Bet Online, the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. You can track all the action at Ben Online. This week had tons of sports action on the go as the NFL draft is on right now. And the Kentucky Derby is back as the first leg of the Triple Crown begins this weekend. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or phone and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get on into the game as the teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your phone to sign up today and receive a 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That has been online, your online sportsbook experts with the promo code Locked On. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So getting to that overtime goal yesterday, I just I went back and watched it a couple times. Watch how Jared McCann played that entire shift you know his play in the defensive zone was able to break the puck out and then it is it's a great rush the other way Gensel tries to feed him you know McCann the puck bounces over a stick and then McCann gets it in the corner passes it back to Marino and then what a sauce from Marino to Jake Gensel in front of the net Vanacek had no chance there and Gensel was able to put away the Capitals five to four but what a rush by all three of those players and Again, Jared McCann is playing the best hockey of his career right now. You know, I know he didn't score in that overtime, but the Capitals had the puck for most of that period. I mean, they had the puck, I think, for the first full minute. Uh, honestly, I think the first almost full minute and a half, to be honest. And then McCann was able to get a, make a nice play in the defensive zone, almost have the puck on his stick when he was getting a pass from Gensel, but then still gets a secondary assist on Jake Gensel's goal. Like I said, Marino had that outstanding pass to the front of the net. I basically, I think, feeded it right past Nicholas Backstrom. Uh, no one was covering Gensel in front of me. That's just a tap-in for him. And the Penguins go home with two points, and they are now tied with the Capitals at the top of the East Division standings with a very nice 69 points. Yes, that number is a... Nice 
Nice number. Okay, I am done talking about the number 69. But um, as for other stuff, um, I'm assuming Tristan Jari will start on Saturday against Washington. I'm not really sure about the statuses of Ovechkin and John Carlson. I know they participated in the optional practice today, but Peter Laviolette did say afterwards, in case anyone did not see, they are still day-to-day and their status for tomorrow night is uncertain. Malkin and Tanev skated at Penguins practice today. We are still unsure if they will play tomorrow, but like I said, I think Gino will go tomorrow, but I think they're going to hold Brandon Tanev out until Monday or Tuesday in Philadelphia. I think that makes the most sense for them, but I do expect Gino to be back tomorrow. It also it wouldn't surprise me if they hold him out till the game is against Philadelphia, but I still think that he will come back tomorrow as this team has been desperately missing him. You know, I'll never understand the Yinzers that say, well, you know, th- this team doesn't need Evgeny Malkin. Look how they're doing without him. It's like, trust me, th- this team needs Evgeny Malkin. They do not win those three Stanley Cups um, in the Sid era, you know, without Evgeny Malkin. There's a reason why it's called the Crosby and Malkin era, and it's because he's been just as important as Sidney Crosby in terms of winning those three Stanley Cups, especially in 2017. I mean, for God's sake, him and Sid led the team in scoring during that run and if it weren't for them and the Penguins getting that what 935 goaltending the whole time um, they do not win the cup that year so um, the people that think they don't need Gino and just like I said go go kick rocks but I'm excited for this game on Saturday I was hoping for at least a split with the Capitals we got that but we'll see if the Penguins can get another big two points tomorrow as if they do they will take the division lead going into two games against Philadelphia Monday and Tuesday and then they will end the season on Thursday and Saturday against the Buffalo Sabres. Um, another nugget for you all. I was talking to someone who's in the know about the playoffs and when they could potentially start. And he thinks that they probably will be starting the weekend of May 15th, if not maybe a little later. So with the Penguins season ending Next Saturday, um, we're probably going to have to wait at least a week until we get some playoff hockey coming back to Pittsburgh. But that'll do it for this episode of Locked on Penguins podcast. I know it was a little bit of a later evening one, but I appreciate you all waiting for it. I'll be back next week with an episode on Monday, breaking down the game from Saturday. And I hope you all have a wonderful weekend. We're almost to the playoffs, guys. We're just about there. So like I said, hope you all have a great rest of your weekend, and I'll talk to you all next week.